Welcome to Dad Up, a podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. I am super excited about this next guest on Dad Up. Dean Carnazes is at the top of his class as an endurance athlete. Time Magazine named Dean as one of the top 100 most influential people in the world. Men's Fitness hailed him as one of the fittest men on the planet. An internationally recognized endurance athlete and New York Times bestselling author, Dean has pushed his body and mind to inconceivable limits. Among his many accomplishments, he's run 350 continuous miles foregoing sleep for three straight nights. He's run across Death Valley in 120 degree temperatures, and he's run a marathon to the South Pole in negative 40 degrees. On 10 different occasions, he's run 200-mile relay races solo, racing alongside teams of 12. He's also run 50 marathons in all 50 states on 50 consecutive days, finishing with the New York Marathon, which he ran in three hours flat. Aside from all these accomplishments, nothing to him is more fulfilling than being a dad. He speaks to how important his kids are to him. To Dean, family is first, and he shares the importance of being the involved dad, even when trying to be a successful athlete. It is an absolute honor and pleasure to welcome Dean Carnazes to Data. Well, look, Dean, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to uh, talk with me a little bit on Dad Up today. I have to tell you, sir, it is a complete honor and pleasure to speak with you. Um, I've been a huge fan of you for many years, and I think I addressed it in my email to you. I originally came across you on a 60-minute documentary where you were running the Badwater race. And, uh, and then they talked a little bit about Western states as well. And I thought, man, I got to know who this guy is. So I did a little bit of research, saw your ultra marathon books. I picked it up, started reading it. And you honestly, I had no interest in, in running. I was, I was in the Marines and hated running and you inspired me to start running. And I picked up running, started doing 5Ks. I thought I could do some marathons and I ended up doing a few marathons. And to this day, my goal is still to do you know, a 50 miler or even longer, like you, like, you know, the businesses that you run are crazy. But I have to, I have to say you're a huge inspiration to a lot of people and especially me. Uh, you really inspired me to get into shape, start running and, and I enjoy it to this day. And I, I, I went to the theater and saw your 50, 50 documentary, another amazing accomplishment. So uh, it is a huge honor and pleasure to speak with you today. Well, it's very, very thoughtful of you to say, and I'm, I'm not worthy, believe me. <laughs> I'm, just a, I'm just a runner. <laughs> so why don't we do it for my listeners that don't know who you are. Can you just kind of tell me your story, a little bit about how you grew up and a little bit about your background and what you've gotten into and uh, also about your family and your kids? Yeah, well, I, uh, I used to love to run when I was uh, a little boy. I mean, my earliest childhood recollections are for uh, literally from running home from kindergarten when I was about five or six years old. And uh, I ran... Uh, you know, up until I was a freshman in high school. So I ran all the way until my 15th birthday, basically, and, and then gave up running. But, you know, at that point, I was a teenager and I thought running was boring and I had better ways to spend my time. So literally stopped running at 15 and then in a, in a bar in San Francisco on my 30th birthday doing, you know, what most of us guys do on our 30th birthday. And, you know, at midnight, I said to my friends, I'm leaving. And they said, you know, why are you leaving? And you know, let's have another round of tequila to celebrate your 30th birthday. And I said, no, instead, I'm going to run 30 miles right now to celebrate my 30th birthday. <laughs> and they looked at me and they said, but Dean, you're not a runner, you know, you're, you're drunk. And I said, yeah. yes, I am, but I'm still going to do it. And I literally, uh, you know, walked out of that nightclub that night and, um, and started running. And literally uh, that night changed the course of my life. 
I mean, that night, you can still remember it vividly, I bet. <laughs> These are the things you don't forget. Yeah. Right. Mean, you're, you know, there, there are those pinnacle moments in your life where everything afterward is different. And it was just, it was one of those nights. Yeah. Uh, now, how did you get in? So you started running, but how did you get into uh, some of the other things that you've done? Uh, you just started entering races? You know, I, um, I started running. So, I, you know, after I ran 30 miles, uh, I did some research and I thought, wow, I ran beyond a marathon. And right. I thought maybe that's the furthest any human has ever run. <laughs> I, I didn't right. know. So I started running, uh, you know, just, just, you know, my neighborhood in San Francisco, kind of thinking I was a badass, you know, right. and on this training run I was doing, you know, these, these, these two guys blew by me and it was going up a hill. And I thought it was a pretty strong runner, you know, especially running up hills. And these guys dusted me and they had, they had packs on as well. And I finally got to the top of the climb and lo and behold, they're up there doing sets of push-ups. <laughs> and I'm like, who are these guys? So I started talking to them. The, you know, they weren't a, a very talkative bunch, but they said they were training for a 50-mile race. And when I heard that, I, I it just I couldn't wrap my head around it. I thought that's that's impossible, you know. And I, no human can run 50 miles. He's like, yeah, that's what we're training for. So uh, off they went, and I did some research. I found out where that race was, and I signed up, and and I did that 50-mile race. And that's was kind of my baptism into ultra marathoning. And how old were you then? Uh, it was literally about six months after that that uh, fifty uh, that thirty mile um, okay. drunken run through the night. So it's it not much not much you know further after that. Wow. And I know that uh, you know through some of the stuff that I've read and even in your book, you've talked about some experience where you ran one hundred and fifty miles at a time, two hundred miles at a time. But you've actually ran you know, a hundred miles just to get to the start of the race and then turn around and run another 150 miles. So speak to that a little bit. How's that? <laughs> you know, well, when I first got into this sport, you know, the hundred mile distance was about as, as far as the races went. So I ran a hundred miles and I thought, hmm, you know, never stop exploring. I wonder if I could go further than that. And I learned of this race called the Badwater Ultra Marathon, which is 135 miles across Death Valley in the middle of summer. And I thought that is, you know, pitting extreme endurance with the most extreme elements on earth. So I went out and eventually finished the uh, the Badwater Ultra Marathon, which again is 135 miles. And I thought, wow, I, I wonder if I could go further than 135 miles. And right. there really wasn't a race I could find at that time. But there were these 12-person relay races that were actually 200 miles. And so I signed up to run one of those just as a as a team of one person. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the, the race director thought I was crazy, yeah, but he, he he still let me into the race, and uh, I I completed a 200 mile run, and that kind of just you know, you know launched me into these uh, you know these absurd distances and seeing how far the human body could go, and and that's really the exploration you know how the exploration took place. Let me ask you this from my own personal uh, interest: I have ran long distances, I've ran marathons. That's, that's the furthest I've gone as a marathon. But my biggest setback is I get into these runs and I want to be able to run without walking. Do you run without walking? It, it's, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. And, uh, you know, for a marathon, I, you know, I, I would hope to be able to run without walking. And, you know, based on the, the race I'm running, most of the, the time you end up walking. And it's not because you necessarily want to walk, but you have to walk. And when I say have to walk, some of the, some of the races that I do are so 
steep going up and going down, there's, there's really no way to, to hold the pace. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're forced to walk. Sometimes you're forced to crawl on, you know, on all fours to scramble. So, you know, if it's a flat course and it's a hundred miles, yeah, I'll run the whole time. You know, not at the same pace as I would run a marathon, but right. pretty much shuffling along for, you know, 15, 16, 17 hours. That's amazing. Gosh, I, I know you've, you, you've accomplished a lot in your, in your life, uh, just from the age of 30 on, really, uh, in these, in these endurance, endurance races that you've competed in and, and the things that you've done. Um, but I think, you know, one of your greatest accomplishments is being a dad. So kind of segueing into the whole dad world, probably your, um, your greatest accomplishment being a dad. Uh, tell me a little bit about your kids first. How many kids do you have? What are their ages? Yeah, so I have two kids and they're, um, my daughter is, uh, she's now in her 20s or early 20s. And my son is just turned 20 as well. Okay. So, um, you know, people ask me, what, what's been your toughest, your toughest race ever? And I say my toughest, in, you know, ultra marathon has been, uh, successfully raising a teenage daughter. <laughs> I think any dad who's been through it would agree with me as well. So those are some turbulent times. And, you know, we certainly had our ups and downs. You know, there's a, there's a saying that, uh, you know, in school, uh, you get the lesson and then you take the test. But in parenting, you take the test and then you get the lesson. Oh, wow. So, that's, that's unbelievable. I, that's great. That is That makes total sense for sure. You're absolutely right on that. And so, I mean, I think that speaks to any younger father listening to this. Remember those words, you know, you, you only get one chance to, to screw up your kids, I say. Right. And uh, don't do it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't get the manual. Um, there's, there's no secret manual to it. Um, you just kind of, you do have to stumble through it, but um, no, that's, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. Now you have, you have older kids. So you, like myself, my, my kids, I have two boys, actually. I, don't, I haven't had the experience of having a daughter, but I have two boys. My oldest son's 21. He's a junior in college at Grand Canyon University. My younger son's a senior in high school. He's 18. Um, so we've kind of gone through that life cycle of them growing up as toddlers and, and infants, toddlers, and teenage years. Um, what Through those experiences, even as a, as, as a successful runner that you and, and things that you've done in your life, what, what do you enjoy most about your role as a dad? I'm trying to think, you know, when you say enjoy most, I mean, there's so many elements that are rewarding being a father. You know, I think what I enjoy most is seeing my, my kids and the qualities that they uh, express that I admire. So, you know, you're, you, you come from a military background from the Marines and you know the values that the Marines hold mm-hmm. and, you know, you aspire for these values, but you know, living by those values, you know, saying you're, you know, you're committed to these values, but actually living by that, those same standards is, is a different story, correct? I mean, we see a lot of people stumble. Um, but to see your, you know, your kid do something uh, that shows strength of character, to witness that and, and see that they are their own person is, is so fulfilling. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to step back as a father and, and, you know, not fill in the blank when someone asks your kid a question, a tough question, and watch them answer in a way that really, you, you know, inspires you in a, in a way you admire. Uh, there's no feeling like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think any, any father, it, it's hard to get out of the way of being a father, I, I like to say. I mean, you know, you, you so want to 
you know, with your boys, for instance, you, you still want to be there for them and nurture them and, you know, not have them experience pain and disappointment and loss. But it's important for them to go through this and to see them, uh, you know, emerge um, stronger because of it is something that only a father can relate to and a mother as well. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, seeing seeing the things that your kid kid accomplishes um, kind of gives you as a as a dad that that sense of pride. And you're right, there's no feeling like it. And even when they're going through the hurts, you know, sometimes we, you know, your kids go through something that, that may seem pretty traumatic to them. But you know, in retrospect, we look at it and go, okay, it's not really that big a deal. But I do want to, you know, kind of love on them and let them know that we're there and we're supporting them and helping them through whatever they're going through. But you also want to encourage them to kind of work through those struggles on their own for sure. Uh, Cause that's only going to help them adapt and, and learn and grow from, from their experiences and become better, better people. So well, you know, one, one thing that I did as <clears throat> when I was a young boy, I mean, I, uh, I was a foreign exchange student. So I went overseas uh, when I was 15. I, I lived for a year abroad in, in Australia. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I think that that was such a transformational experience in my life. And I, I encourage my kids to do the same thing. They uh, they didn't find it, you know, in, in their in their soul to do it. But, uh, you know, I think that sometimes, especially nowadays, you know, we, you know, the term helicopter parent didn't really exist when I was a kid. But yeah. nowadays it's so prevalent that sometimes you just need to push your kid out. <laughs> right. And let them go, you know, be their own person and experience a life other than that, you know, the life that's all around them. And I think especially with, right. with social media, uh, that it, I really encourage, you know, uh, younger kids to get out and explore, right. <laughs> explore the physical world versus the digital world. I think that, you know, we're learning just how toxic that can be. Right. Absolutely. That, that, that's actually, uh, one of my questions for you is, you know, how do you, how do you handle social media? Your kids are obviously grown and, and adults now, but how do you handle social media with them growing up? Well, I, you know, I was, it was a different era. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I was, <clears throat> my kids were probably the, the first kids in their school to have smart, <laughs> smartphones. Um, but the reason being is because I traveled so much. I was on the road internationally and, I very early on thought, wow, this is a great way to stay uh, connected with my family when I was traveling. Because before I used to just leave and I'd, you know, I'd go dark for right. a couple of weeks and come back with all these great stories and pictures, you know, or, or it'd be a phone call. But with, um, with the advent of, of the smartphone, you know, I'd be, I, I can't, I'll never forget, I, you know, was at the, the Giza pyramid at the end of a race in, uh, in Cairo, Egypt. And, you know, I texted a picture of, the, of me standing next to the pyramids to my kids and they responded within five minutes saying wow everyone in the class is up that's amazing what a, oh, cool. what a cool photo and you know now that kind of thing is, is pretty much ubiquitous but you know that, that was that was very early on and um it was a way to bring us together and, and in that context it was really a positive thing but now i think we've gone <laughs> we've gone overboard yeah there's i mean even uh even tracking your kids and stuff now it's it's uh you know we've we use a we use an app called Life 360 for uh, especially for my younger son. My older son we don't use it, but uh, my younger son 18 um, because it, it tracks uh, when he's driving. So it'll tell me what he's if he's on been on his phone, if he's accelerated too hard or, or broke, uh, hit the brakes too hard or been in an accident. It tells me all these things. So, um, but yeah, it's it's so true. It's, it's it's become such a huge part of our world. But at the same time, we need to encourage our our kids to 
to be a little bit more active outside of and get the eyes off the phone and, and out of the out of the uh, out of the internet and, and do a little bit more things. Uh, back to the old days, back outside when you're just running around playing, right? Well, you know, I I, I mean, I think as societies um, evolve, there you know, it, 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 there's always a feedback mechanism. I think that you know you tend to um, go overboard and culturally and then pull back, you know, and then do something similar. And I think, I think from what I'm seeing, especially talking to younger kids, you know, although I'm mostly talking to younger runners, there is this, this awareness that, uh, you know, having your life entirely uh, revolve around a screen is not healthy. So I think that, you know, the generation that that is kind of coming into their, their later teens right now, uh, kind of saw the worst of, I hope the worst of, um, what, you know, this, this technology has brought to us. And I think we're, we're now in a better place to kind of evaluate, all right, you know, how can you have a healthy relationship, uh, you know, with, with the digital world? No, that's absolutely right. Now, when it comes to being a dad, you know, dads have challenges that they face, especially with their kids going through, you know, the teenagers, there's a lot of different challenges that we face as dads. What, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges or what challenges being, what do you, what challenges do you have as being a dad? Well, you know, I, I, um, I think right now, if I had to be honest and frank, I think the, the the biggest challenge for a dad is just being a dad. There is so much stigma about being a successful, look, you know, I'm going to say this, white guy. <laughs> right. you're, you're almost, you're damned just because of who you are. And right. I, I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to be a dad. You know, it, 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 it takes a lot of, a lot of hard work. I mean, you're, and you're emotionally, um, being pulled in a lot of directions. I mean, you're, you're being asked to provide for your family, which is work, which is hard. But then again, you're, you're being asked to be available to your kids, which means not working, right? You, you know, to be there after school for the practices. So if there's a lot of demands placed on a father and it's, it's a thankless job a lot of times. I mean, your kids don't always say, Hey, dad, thank you. Thank right. you for putting me for school. You know, thank you for putting, bread on the table. Thank you for, you know, putting a roof over my head. These things are hard, right. but it's almost society almost says, well, look, you know, you're a dad, that's your job. And if you, if you fall short of that, you're a loser. You know, that, that's it. That's just a tough place to be for fathers. And I, you know, I really have a place in my heart for, for a lot of fathers because, because of that dynamic, which I think is kind of unfair. You're absolutely right. It, it is. And, and it's kind of the purpose of this podcast is, you know, I want, I want people to know just all the things that dads do go through. And I want, I want other dads to hear it and, and know that to be a successful dad, you know, you have to be involved and you've got to do all these things that are just kind of your, what is expected of you, but it's so hard. It is so hard. It's challenging and it's, it's rewarding, but uh, it, it, there's so many different challenges that we face and, and providing, I mean, you, and yeah, providing for the family and, and making sure you're you're there for your kids and you're you're engaged while you're trying to provide it's stuff. Um, but what what do you how do you think your life changed when you became a dad? It became more serious. There were there were consequences to flaking out. <laughs> right. You know, you you had responsibility and, and you wanted to provide for your family. You know, you, you wanted to provide a safe existence for them and a secure existence for them. So, you know, that it all of a sudden became very real. Right. Right. You, you had to make you, you had to get serious now and 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 really put your your nose to the grindstone. And you know, for fathers that are you know struggling with wow, you know, I'm I'm working sixty or seventy hours just you know just to get by. 
I don't, I don't really think it's, it's, you know, the, the quantity of time you spend with your, um, your kids, it's the quality of time. Right. So when you're together, you know, put down the, put down the screens, turn off the television, enjoy each other. You know, that's right. one thing our family really did well is, we, you know, we had dinner every night as a family when I wasn't traveling and we just, we dropped it all. We had fun in the kitchen. We cooked, we chopped, we prepared, we sat, we ate, we laughed, and then, and then we were done. But it was just good quality time. And we were able to do that. Um, and I think that that was really a sanctuary is just our, our, our dinners together. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of, that's kind of gone away in households too, right? I mean, there's kids are so busy these days, especially with the extra, extra things they're doing outside of school, whether it's sports or, or tutoring or whatnot. And I think families have even kind of gotten away from doing dinner together. Um, mom or dad may cook or they may order out. You're not always going to have the whole family together for dinner. And I, and I think that more and more these days, it's, that's not common. Especially for a, for a younger parent, you know, it, and, and this is coming from an older parent, you probably experienced this as well. You know, you are the most influential element in your child's life. You don't, you don't believe it because your kids don't pay attention to you. You know, they think everything else is important and you're not. But your character really matters. Kids model off, off of you. So if you're taking the time to say, hey, let's drop it, let's have dinner, and you're sincere to that, they're going to listen. And it's going to have a positive impact. So, you know, I, I say to the younger parents listening to this, you really do matter. <laughs> you might not think you matter, but, the, you know, the, the attitudes and the behaviors you convey to your kids are going to profoundly influence how, how they turn out. That's right. Now, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the behaviors that they, that they do uh, display, um, especially if they're getting into trouble or, or, or you know, mischief or whatever, how did you guys handle uh, the discipline side of it. <laughs> Thankfully, my wife, you know, my, my wife and I are very different characters and um, she, she's more, she's the disciplinarian in the family. <laughs> and honestly, she commanded more respect. I was a little more lackadaisical and, you know, I, my parents were hippies. Let's be honest. There, there were right. no rules. <laughs> there were just no rules in my household when I was a kid. I mean, it was, you could just do anything. No one asked questions. You know, it, it, it was just a free for all. And it was very different in my wife's, um, you know, in her upbringing at, when she was a child. So thankfully, she brought that element of discipline to the household. <laughs> I'll be honest there. And yeah. Yeah, thankfully, I was, I was smart enough to, to shut up and get out of her way a lot of times because I thought what she was doing was, was really right. Yeah, so you guys, you guys found that balance with each other. That, well, that, you know, yeah. and you, you lead by example, right? I mean, right. you know, if, if you're if you're screwing off, you, you know, your kids are going to screw off. <laughs> they they right. see what you do. They see the way you operate in society. You know, finding that balance. Um, you know, you travel a lot, so you, you're you're all over the world, um, uh, competing in races and, and speaking and and doing the things that you you're doing for your career. How did you find the balance to have that? Uh, still that quality time with your kids. You know, I, again, I, I think it comes down to authenticity. Your kid, you know, your kids are, are, are quick to, to spot hypocrisy. You know, as soon as you say, well, I really love you, I really care about you, and then you just leave the house <laughs> and they don't hear from you, mm-hmm. you know, they can, they can see right through that. But I think they genu- genuinely saw the pain that I felt when I'd have to leave them and right. how, you know, how happy I was to walk back through that door and see them. 
they can sense that. So mm-hmm. they, they knew that I was making sacrifices to provide for them because that was what was really going on. You know, if I was if I was saying, oh, I love you and I'm going to miss you and I just go and never, you know, and they never hear from me and I'd come back I'm like, oh, that was really fun. I'm back. Hey, I'm leaving again. They would they right. would sense that I'm not I'm not uh, authentic. That's true. I can I can totally see that. Uh, kids kids can pick up on stuff really uh, at quite a young age. So that that authenticity is what is what is needed for sure. Your kids are grown. So what if they wanted to follow in your footsteps? I mean, do they run? You know, I've never I've never pushed running on them because of the uh, you know the the feared parental backlash. I mean, I think. You, you learn very early on, as soon as you tell your kid to do something, they're going to do the exact opposite at a stage when they kind of reach that rebellious age. <laughs> and so I just, you know, I just led by example. And both my, both my kids love to run, but they don't, they don't compete. I mean, they just love to run for the, the love of running and the exercise. So, you know, I, I always said if they wanted to be winners, that was fine with me. But if they didn't, that was fine as well. I really wanted them to be their own person more than anything else. Right. And what, what, are, what is that? What are they interested in? You know, my daughter, she studied um, tourism and hospitality management. Okay. Uh, you know, I took my kids with me. You know, we talk about me traveling a lot, but I mean, I took them uh, with me a lot as well. So, I mean, we, you know, we've been to South America together. We've been to uh, Europe together on many occasions, Australia. You know, they, they've, they've traveled all around the world since a young age. And I think that rubbed off on her. And that's why she so loves the hospitality business. So, she um, actually uh, uh, in management at the at a brand called the Ritz Carlton, which is a very nice kind of upscale hotel. And my son is, you know, he's just figuring things out. You know, he's a business major, and uh, I'm not sure he understands. You know, he knows where he wants to go, which is fine. I mean, what what 21 year old really knows what they want to be <laughs> when they quote unquote grow up? So I'll, I'll, it'll be interesting to see where his career takes him. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's cool. Um, my kids are kind of the same in that, um, you know, they're still kind of fun in their ways, but, uh, my older son is, you know, I, I tried to encourage, I actually tried to encourage both my boys to go into the military just to kind of get the discipline and, and, and kind of learn through uh, hard work and, and discipline and get that. And also to help them, uh, help pay for college and things like that. They, neither one of them had an interest in going in the military. My son, my older son at Grand Canyon, he is, uh, he's really interested in doing something on his own. He's big into fitness. He does not like to run. <laughs> he's big into fitness. He goes to the gym constantly, and um, he actually would like to get into into the supplement industry, and um, he'd like to do some sort of supplement brand. So he's interested in doing that. He wants to work for himself. My younger son, on the other hand, he, he grew up wanting to be a pastor of a church. And he's kind of shied away from that a little bit. Just in this last year, he wants to get into kinesiology. Uh, they're still kind of finding their ways. Uh, as long as they're happy and they're doing what they want to do and they're passionate about it and it's, it's legal and ethical, I'm all in support of it. <laughs> so what, is, uh, what do you wish you knew now, uh, knew before you had kids that you know now? You know, I, I think that how rewarding having kids really is. I know a lot of people, uh, I think, get consumed in, in their own life and uh, maybe a little bit selfishly think that, you know, having kids is, is not something you want to do. But once you have kids, you realize there's nothing that's more fulfilling. I mean, I think, you know, to, to anyone that has kids, they'll say to you that no matter who they are and what they've done, that having kids is, is the greatest thing they've ever accomplished. So know the things that you know now, you, you probably do things a little differently, but as long as you're guiding them and leading them and, and 
doing the best you can and being involved in all those things matter. Um, and raising them to be good people. That's all there is. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. It's a hard job, but that's, it's really that simple. Um, what advice would you give to new dads or soon to be new dads? You know, I, I think that like I said, be authentic, mm-hmm. um, be yourself and hopefully your, yourself is a, is a good person. <laughs> Um, lead, lead by example. I mean, one thing that, uh, that I'm very involved in right now is, you know, childhood fitness and, and kids in fitness. And, you know, unfortunately, the statistics are, are horrible. I mean, you know, a third of the, the kids are either overweight or obese. And that's just a really sad statistic to me. And a lot of parents come to me and they say, you know, I'm really worried about, about Johnny. You know, he, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't exercise and he doesn't eat well. What should I do? And I have to kind of ask the parent that hard question, like, do you exercise and do you eat well? Right. Because a lot of them don't. And, you know, and that's the problem right there is that you, you just got to lead by example. You can't tell a kid to do something if you don't do that same thing. You're not willing to do it. Absolutely right. It's funny. I, I see I see kids, you know, even out and about, you see families that are enjoying a meal or enjoying a, a, a treat or a snack. You look at the, like you said, the obesity rate is outrageous for kids right now. The parents are eating the stuff that the kids shouldn't be eating. That's just sending the wrong message to the kid from a very young age. And they're just going to grow up with those bad habits. Very true. Uh, my last question for you, Dean, I'm going to let you go because uh, I've taken a lot of your time and, and I do appreciate it again. But my last question is for you. If you had the secret to raising good kids and I asked you to share that secret with me, what would that secret be? I think have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think if you had to distill it all down, like we're not here for very long, right? I mean, right. It, it's, it's a spark of moment between eternal darkness that, that we populate, you know, this earth. And you know, if you can't have joy and have fun while you're here, what good is it? So a kid is a kid. I mean, they want to run free. They want to scream. They want to bang things and have fun. Let them, let them do it and do it with enjoy them. It. Enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy that process. That's great. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Well, look, Dean, I have to say it has been a huge honor to speak with you. Um, I guess you've just you've been a huge inspiration just for me. And I know, obviously, for, for thousands of other people. But and I, I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to share your thoughts and experiences being a dad. I know that uh, good things are coming for you in the future. As a matter of fact, why don't we do that? Why don't you tell uh, my listeners how they, they want to learn more about you? Where can they look you up? And then also, you know, what kind of things do you have going on in your life this year? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's a good well, And thank you for the kind words. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I hope I've said something that will help you, you listeners out there. I hope that I've provided some insight. Being a dad is tough, as we've discussed. And, you know, we're all in it together. And that's why I think I was, you know, I was so delighted to get a message from you and, and hear about your podcast, because I think, you know, you're, you're doing a great service to a lot of fathers out there. So, you know, I'll turn it right back to you and say thank you for doing what you're doing. And, you know, if you want to learn more about me, <laughs> Just Google my name. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, we're, it's, you know, we're, we're in this digital way. I mean, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, I've got a website and all that kind of stuff. And my schedule's on there as well. I'm pretty much, uh, you know, out running every weekend. And if you want to catch up with me and, um, you know, uh, share some footsteps together, uh, I'd love that. So track me down if you, if, if you would like and, um, uh, you know, good luck to you on your, uh, on your journey into fatherhood and, um, Let's have a beer someday <laughs> right. and share stories, share well, some tears and some laughter. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, 
Well, thank you very much, uh, Dean. And you know what? Um, if I'm ever up in the San Francisco area, I'm going to have to look you up and we're going to have to go for a run together. As long as you bring food, I'm game. <laughs> a, pizza, <laughs> a pizza, right? Yeah, pizza's even better. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Dean, I'm going to let you go. Uh, get on with this day. And I wish you all the best, brother. And um, I really appreciate you again taking the time out of your day to do this for me. Thank you again to Dean for talking with me on data. Dean is very dedicated to his family. He has proven that you can lead a very successful life while still being a very successful dad. The journey of being a father has been rewarding to Dean, and he certainly represents the dad up community very well. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way this show continues to get noticed is if you are sharing it and talking about it. Excited about upcoming shows. Some great guests are lined up, so stay locked in for those. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest yourself, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Coach B. Ward, or you can email me at dadubtribe at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.